The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With a weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Engelhart, racing's regular guy. Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining us on Winning Ponies. Again, we've got a great lineup tonight. We've got a recap of the top races across the country, a look at some of the races that are going to be coming up, and two fabulous guests. First of all, I want to thank uh, Rich Eng from uh, the Las Vegas Journal and the Daily Racing Forum for uh, doing our handicapping uh, last week. And uh, Michael Blowen from Old Friends. I had a great uh, Labor Day. I got to spend it with him at a fundraiser at River Downs, and uh, we made uh, a good chunk of money for old friends. If nothing else, it was uh, a great time for people to learn more about that Thoroughbred Retirement Center. Uh, we had two of our old friends on display, uh, 14-year-old Eagle Time. We had his retirement party with a cake with 14 carrots in it. And, of course, uh, Ohio Superman, they call him, Cat Launch, got a big round of applause. Uh, the uh, theme to Superman played in the background as he paraded in the paddock. And uh, it was just great to see this 10-year-old Ohio bred that's uh, gone on the way to being a millionaire the hard way. Blue-collar horse, if I ever saw one. Great afternoon with Michael Blowen and all the people at Old Friends. Uh, coming up, well, we've got some interesting people. Uh, one is uh, Daryl Parker. You're going to find out he's a man of uh, many talents and uh, um, many professions, and he's made a big impact on the sport. And, of course, the name I think you're all going to remember, everyone's favorite handicapper. I call him Special Ed. That's right, the one, the only Ed Meyer is going to bless us with his handicapping in the second portion of the show. Well, let's go back and take a look at what happened in the world of thoroughbred racing. Uh, two of the biggest tracks that we watch all summer close their meets out uh, at Saratoga. Uh, Todd Pletcher, just unbelievable. He won his eighth Saratoga meet title, and he set a new season record beating his own record. Uh, he uh, got uh, 38 winners. The previous mark was 36 that he set just last year. Uh, his horses earned more than $3 million in purse money. Uh, of course, uh, his highlights, as we talked about last week, uh, stay thirsty in the Travers. Uh, then Hilda's Passion won the Grade One Ballerina. Sydney's Candy uh, scored in the Grade One, Grade Two Four Star, and Georgie's Angel took the Grade Three Schuylerville on Opening Day. So hats off to Todd Pletcher, and of course Johnny V. Johnny Velasquez. He had 54 winners at Saratoga this season, and that made him the second all-time leading rider at the Spa with 655 career earnings. Uh, they are now going to call the Saratoga Jockey Title. After Johnny V's agent, the one, the only, 
Hall of Famer, Angel Cadero Jr., who, of course, again, he's, uh, he's Johnny V's agent and mentor. Uh, he retired with 649. The guy to catch, that's Jerry Bailey up there. He's got 693. But the way Johnny V's riding, that's a thing that can do. Uh, of course, uh, it was really close uh, for uh, Mike Rapoli to win the uh, owner's title. They, he was tied going into the last day. But he did win a race with his final starter, and he got up by one victory over Michael Dubb. Well, let's take a look now at uh, some of the racing we reviewed with uh, Rich Ng uh, last week. Uh, the mile and a quarter personal ensign uh, went to Ask the Moon, who just wired the field. We talked about horses that like Saratoga, like Saratoga, and this uh, uh Daughter of Malibu Moon is now two for two at the spa. Went wire to wire. That is her running style. Xavier Castellano was in the saddle. Uh, the big question, the other horse uh, that we both kind of liked in there was Patch Attack. The question was the surface. We know the horse had one at the distance, uh, but it was really a synthetic and a turf horse, and uh, I guess surface was the question in there. Didn't get the job done, but Ask the Moon was impressive. Uh, from there, we moved on to the four-go. Uh, a very interesting race, so another race where a uh, kind of surface came into the question. Uh, I don't think on class there was much of an argument that Sydney's Candy uh, was the colt to beat, but the only time he had run on the dirt, it was back on the first Saturday in May at Churchill Downs in 2010. You know what that means. It was the Kentucky Derby where he ended up finishing 17th in a 20-horse field. And again, the horse has gone on to have a fabulous career. It's won over a million dollars, but may have fell victim to the surface at Saratoga. The winner, the horse I liked in there, Jackson Bend. Uh, came from off the pace uh, to win the quarter-million-dollar forego. Uh, raced in seventh behind the early fractions and just made a huge move uh, to come on and win by three and a quarter lengths. He angled out, he angled back. Corey Nakatani was in the saddle. And uh, in winning that race, he became racing's newest millionaire. He's now won $1,062,000. Again, that was the forego at Saratoga. Uh, next race that we, uh, that we capped on the card was the... Um, the Woodward, and this, of course, was, I'd have to say, without a doubt, race of the week. Harb de Grasse, can she be horse of the year? Whew. Off that performance, she's got a good shot. Uh, she just powered to the lead with about 200 yards to go and pulled clear. She won going away uh, by a length and a quarter. And remember, now this is a Philly racing against the boys. But you may want to turn the clock back because uh, there was another female that won this race, and her name was Rachel Alexandra. And I think this was the race that put her over the top when she won the 2009 uh, Horse of the Year campaign. You got some halfway decent odds on uh, Arv de Grace, uh, two to one. I thought that was was really a gift. Uh, it was her fourth and five starts this year. Yeah, of course, it'll put her back atop the older Philly and Mare division, and uh, we've already spoken about her chances for Horse of the Year. Her only loss of the year uh, came to blind luck. It'll be interesting to see if they meet down the road. Uh, she's now bankrolled, closing in on $2 million. She's at $1.9 million. Of course, uh, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. This horse is trained by Larry Jones. 
uh, very, very deserving that he would end up with a filly like this. Uh, he's pretty sure that uh, her, her next start will probably be the Bell Dame against Phillies and Mares at Belmont Park. And then she's got his options open. He can go in the Breeders' Cup Ladies Classic or the Breeders' Cup Classic. It'll be very uh, interesting. And Larry Jones says right now he's considering both of them. So that was that was the Woodard, and that, in my opinion, was was the the, the race the race of the week. Uh, then we went out to uh, Delmar. We we had a couple uh, good baby races out there. We started with the Delmar Debutante, a Grade One race for a quarter of a million dollars, uh, and kind of a kind of pulled on your heartstrings here. Uh, we miss Frankie. And it ended up winning this race. This horse was sixth on the turn. It got pushed sixth wide and just mowed them down. Um, they, it beat the two to one favorite uh, uh, Dreamcaster. But uh, we miss Frankie uh, is uh, named for the late Hollywood actor Frank Alicia, and uh, his wife Sharon is still a part of the ownership group. But this horse has kind of taken an interesting road uh, out to Del Mar where it's undefeated now. Of course, uh, Rafael Bejarano is in the saddle for the victory. But this horse is a New York bred that's been racing on the West Coast. I can't imagine when she turns three if she decides to go to New York and run into some of those uh, restricted races, uh, how powerful she's going to be. So uh, it, it was We Miss Frankie. Up for second was Self-Preservation, a horse that uh, shipped in from Ireland for the race. And in the third spot was Emerald Gold. Uh, and on closing day, it was the grade one, Delmar Futurity. What a race this was. If you get a chance to go up and uh, and, and wa- get, watch this race, it's, uh, it's definitely worth it to watch the video. And as they turned for home, there were five of them across the track at the eighth pole. They, they, they all had a chance. And on the far outside was Drill. Martin Garcia loses his whip. Well, uh, Bob Barefoot trains Drill, and the horse did win. But, boy, uh, luckily he was still standing up enough to get into the winner's circle. There was some serious bumping going on as as they got to the wire. And uh, it uh, it was pretty, pretty dangerous. So what happened was... Uh, the, the odds-on favorite creative cause got cut off sharply by Majestic City, who bumped him into Drill. But nonetheless, Drill stays up, and this gives Baffert his 10th score in the Futurity since 1996. And uh, you might want to turn the clock back. Uh, in 2009, he won this race with a horse by the name of Looking at Lucky, who went on to become the two-year-old champion of this year, Bob Baffert, having a very, very uh, good season. Um, and out there, we want to give you the stats out there. Uh, it was, as you remember, we were talking uh, to uh, uh, Mac McBride two weeks ago that uh, there were three jockeys uh, that were only uh, two wins away from each other at the time. But it looks like Joel Rosario uh, pulled to the front to pull away and ended up with 49 wins. Uh, running in second was young Joe Talamo, who recorded 42. And in the third spot was Rafael Bejarano with 34 wins. In the trainer's standing, it was a nail-biter. Um, Mike Mitchell just edged John Sadler with 25 wins, but uh, certainly uh, no disgrace uh, for, for John Sadler in that he, uh, 
ended up being the leading trainer in monies won by one with 1.6 million in the bankroll. Now, for those of you that are going to be handicapping with us at home later in the program, if you want to pull down some races to go along with Ed and myself, uh, we're going to start out with the uh, mile and eighth uh, Super Derby. Very contentious race with an interesting field coming in from all over the country. Uh, and then we're going to go to a track we haven't handicapped at yet. It's going to be the Presque Isle Downs Masters a grade two race there at six and a half furlongs. Uh, from there, uh, we're going to head uh, to Chicago, and we've got a pair of baby races that uh, usually produce some pretty nice uh, two-year-olds. Uh, the Arlington Washington Lassie, of course, that's the girls' version, and then the Arlington Washington Futurity. So if you'll Turn your hymnals to those pages. We'll be capping those a little bit later. But coming up here in just about 90 seconds, you're going to get a chance to meet a very interesting individual, one Daryl Parker. You're listening to winningponies.com. flagship station for sports voice america sports and they're off what can't make it to the track you can still get all the action with winningponies.com the home of the easy win form the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds quarters and arabian horses at most american and canadian tracks whether it be the triple crown breeders cup Travers, Haskell, or your daily races. Don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Football and so much more is the focus of Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Join the former Arizona Cardinals running back for a show that mixes, well, a little bit of everything. Damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and will talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field. The goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson, Fridays at noon Pacific time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel listen to sports talk at the positive pub every monday at 1 p.m eastern 10 a.m pacific on the voice america sports channel gil tyree talks to sports newsmakers playmakers and story breakers you the hardcore interactive and novice fan can join the show via your phone calls and emails sample what's good right and positive about the world of sports every week Begin your week in a positive way with Sports Talk from the Positive Pub. Be here every Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. 
All right, back here. It's the guest portion of winningponies.com, and we've got a great one here tonight. His name is Daryl Parker, and uh, his resume is quite a long one. As far as I can go back, uh, he, he started out as a young man, as an exercise rider for uh, his uncle, uh, Oscar Dishman. Uh, he eventually, in the afternoons, didn't have enough to do, so he had to become a pony boy. He saw another chance to make money. He became a jockey agent. Uh, he was once a racing official, and through the respect that he gained from everybody in the industry, uh, Daryl became uh, America's uh, first uh, black steward. And uh, actually now uh, he's known for his ability as a sire. Uh, his son, Deshaun Parker, was the nation's leading rider in number of wins last season. Daryl, welcome to WinningPonies.com. Hey, John, thanks a lot for having me. Well, with that really resume, I think the only thing you haven't done at the racetrack is chase the ducks off the pond. Right. <laughs> well, let's go back a little bit. Now, uh, Oscar Dishman, a uh, legendary trainer, he was your uncle? Yes. Well, tell us a little bit about the, the whole way you came into the sport and worked your way up to the stewards booth. Well, after, you know, uh, being a young kid at uh, River Downs, uh, walking horses, learning from all the old, uh, the old guys that uh, Oscar had working for him, my uncle, he, um, you know, he had a lot of guys who were, were uh, top-notch uh, grooms that could have been trainers, old exercise riders that were old and all jo- had been jockeys in, at some time or another. And, you know, just learning from those guys, I really, really enjoyed the game. Um, we just, uh, I worked my way up, and uh, they, they helped me, taught me how to exercise horses. Uh, Oscar didn't really want myself and his son, Bernard, to do much exercising because then when he wanted us to continue our education, even going through college. And, you know, he knew how tough it is in this game. So after, um, after all our time going through school, I uh, got a chance to become an official because of his, uh, his good horse, Silver Series, when he was campaigning uh, in Florida and run against Run Dusty Run. And they were asking him about why we don't have, you know, any African Americans in the official ranks in, in horse racing. And he said, well, I got a nephew in Kentucky who is, every time he seems like he's got a chance to uh, become an official, he's a low man on totem pole. And I said, oh, well. And then uh, one of the guys from, um, from St. Louis, a guy named Buster Graham, wrote him back and said, hey, we'd be glad to have him. Send him up here. Will he come to St. Louis? So I went to Fairmont Park and uh, worked Fairmont Park and Colgate Downs and worked out of Illinois, started in Illinois, came back to Kentucky, and then just kept growing in the game. Well, I, I know that uh, you eventually uh, made your way back to the, to the Stewards stand in Ohio, and you got to work with, with a guy that ended up being a good friend of mine, Mervyn Munez from the Fair. Mervyn Munez was one of the great guys. He, uh, I was a, my first, uh, my first assignment at Thistle Downs. He would come in and uh, work uh, during the summer, and then go back to uh, uh, go back to uh, Louisiana, back to the fairgrounds. And Mervin and Mervin just always told me, he says Daryl, keep it up, and just you know, just and stay good at your convictions, and just speak up as you go, and be honest and fair. Now I'm not I'm not dating you, but I will say you've seen racing in what a lot of us feel were. Uh, some of some of its better days or, or, or glory days. Uh, how have you 
kind of seen the game change? Because you were back there on the backstretch years ago, and it seemed like everybody kind of took care of everybody. And uh, in your opinion, how, how has the game changed if it has? Well, it hasn't really. The game hasn't really changed. It's just the times have changed. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just getting harder and harder for people to, uh, to stay in the game. Uh, as far as uh, uh, earning a big living, it's getting tough. Uh, officials, you know, you can't really get in the, you know, can't get a good job as an official and go on and, uh, and keep a year-round, year-round employment for yourself. So therefore, you really, guys like me can't promote, can't promote others because, because the, the, the tracks just race, they only race, uh, shorter meets. And if you don't get on one meet and you go to the next track in another state, and that's the only way that you can really make a living. So those type of things, uh, as far as that's concerned, it's just that these corporations now are going for less days and uh, for bigger purses. Now, you're, you're up in a room right now as a steward. Uh, as uh, everybody knows, you, you guys are, are the supreme court of, of racing up there. You're up with, with a, a legendary jockey in his own right, uh, Mike Manganello, and then kind of a guy that uh, honed his craft on the local level, uh, Vince Clark. Uh, is it, you were never a, a jockey. When you guys are up there making calls, obviously there's three of you. Um, kind of, did you ever see them taking it from the jock's perspective? Or uh, oh, is it always straight down the middle? Uh, do you guys uh, see things differently? I'd just like to know because I know nobody's allowed in the room with you when you're making those decisions. Well, that's the good thing about it because they can add they can add all that part, all those parts to the to the to their decision, and then you know then you got to make sure that you watch the head on and the pan shop simultaneously so that the call can come out accurate. And, uh, yes, I mean, you try to make sure that you, you, you know, the good thing about it, three different type of opinions, it helps. Then it, 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 and then at the end, it'll make one good, solid decision. Well, I have to admit, from, from being at the river this year, we really didn't have that many DQs. You obviously, when you brought those guys to the movie, got them straightened out. We had a good year. We did. We had a very good year. And, 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 uh, and thanks to Mike Manganello also, you know, he pushed a lot on, on these riders in our movies. He conducted the movies pretty much. We all, everybody had their little part that they did. I conducted, I was a presiding steward and I was, I presided most of the, uh, most of the hearings and things like that just to get it started. But, and everybody kicks in. But, um, but yes, Mike Manganello was very, very adamant on, on these guys being very disciplined on riding your own horse and trying to, and, and keeping a straight line. And making a fair, I mean, just keep, you know, keep the race fair. Not now, trying to, not trying to impede. Not trying to intimidate. Well, so it worked also, out very good. And like I said, and it turned out, I think we only had two disqualifications. Even though we had a little shorter meet because of the river this year. Yeah, the river rising this year. <laughs> right. Um, but it turned out good. We only got one very visible. I, I don't know if, if that happens as much in other racetracks, but uh, I see you guys down in around the paddock and in the jocks room uh, in between races. You're not, you don't just stay up in your ivory tower. Well, what are you doing when you're coming down and you're walking the paddock and walking the jocks room? Just, get, uh, just, you know, just make, making sure that everybody knows that you're there and that you also you have an open mind. And, and if there are any questions that they need to ask, we, we do try to make sure that we have an open-door policy. 
that you can come in, talk, talk it over. you got a problem, talk it over with us, and let us see if we can resolve it. And by that, by that way, I think not intimidating people to just think that, well, we are the top, we're the top notch, and, and you just can't talk to them unless you're coming in there to, to be reprimanded. No, that's not true. Come and see us. Come talk to us. And, well, you know, you I make think we work everything out. It must be uh, make it a little bit easier when, uh, as we say, you, the jockeys have to go to the movies uh, in the mornings about forty-five minutes before the races. Right, and we we try to go over or go over what we saw, what we what we thought that they you know how they can help themselves, how they are to watch it, you know, be careful, and it's very good for the apprentice riders so that the the older riders, the the um, the journeymen can you know can. Let the apprentice riders see what they do, and point it out to the apprentice riders, so the apprentice riders won't make won't make any mistakes. And we've we've got a lot of apprentice riders came from, came up this year from um, Chris McCarran's school out of Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah, I mean we had uh, five of them, uh, right. five different riders that came out of Nara up there, and that's something I haven't seen in years. I know. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, uh, one of our apprentice riders, Amanda Tamborello, ended up being the second leading rider of the meet. So uh, obviously, you guys have uh, have talked to them right and, and taught them pretty right. Uh, but like you said, only two DQs over the summer. That says something. Um, listen, I just want to just take a little personal spin here. You know, Oscar Dishman was trying to talk to you and Bernard about oh, it's okay if you gallop in the morning, but you know, let's let's continue on with your education here. Uh, what was it? like for you with your son Deshaun when he took the love of racing just like his dad did were you dissuading him from riding or how did it come about no I never persuaded him from riding I taught him how to ride uh, uh, and exercise horses as a kid uh, he it was always a treat for him I made a treat for him to come to the, go to the racetrack with me and uh, we just we he always had fun and I just I told him I said well look you know even if here's what here's something that you can do that you'll have fun riding horses just riding horses around a racetrack and getting paid for it it makes a darn good living. When I galloped horses and ponied horses we only made two dollars a horse, and uh, and then in the afternoons taking the post we made five. So you try to get all all the races so you can make so you can make a good day's pay. Well back then those guys were only making uh, forty fifty sixty dollars a week. Uh, uh, as grooms, and here we were, you know, young kids knocking out, knocking out a nice little paycheck uh, in, in the mornings. And so I just showed him that, you know, that he can do that and have fun. And um, then, it, then next thing you know, uh, he's weighing himself. He's keeping up with his weight. He was galloping horses in Cleveland, Ohio, with a good trainer named uh, named Fred Watkins. And Fred Watkins is oh, yeah. like a, a a good old hard boot Kentucky trainer sends a lot of horses to the gate. So he 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 uh, Deshaun went to the gate with a lot of horses for him. He you know start getting gate training, uh, watching um, uh, David Plackey teach him a little bit out of the gate, uh, and then uh, Junior Rivera is a very good friend of ours. You know became just like a little brother to me. And next thing you know, they fine tuned him, made him the rider that he is today. But it had to surprise a lot. Uh, I went up and introduced uh, my, myself to your son a couple years ago when I was covering the Ohio Derby, and it's not that often that I have to crane my neck and look up at a jockey. <laughs> you know, I the thing is, everybody thinks that he has a, a serious weight problem, but he's just a tall beanpole. Yeah, but the, the way he, the way he covers up on a horse 
It's like you almost don't know he's there. He just seems to be able to get down and wrap around him, and uh, his size it obviously is not a problem, or he wouldn't have won the nation's title last year. I guess, yeah. Yeah, a lot of people do say, well, man, how this guy unfolds on a horse. He just lays down, He's, you know, and, and I tell you who else looked like that was Vince Clark, even that, that works, with, works with me now. Vince Clark was pretty on a horse. We've got a tall guy. Guy, an old guy named Harold Welsh was pretty on a horse because they were tall, you know, and they had that upper body strength and they finish. Well, I know there's a there's a guy that that you've seen probably more times than anybody uh, that I just have the utmost respect for that uh, just won the riding title at River Downs at the age of 57, Perry Oots. What can oh, you tell the, the people out there about Scoot and Boot? Yes, sir. He's one of the greatest. He's a good guy to come to have around. He's a good guy to have in your to be under. When I was um, when I was at uh, Beulah Park, and the winners at Beulah Park, you know, and, and I would always you know rely on uh, Perry's opinion about our racetrack, and I let management know, and I let management know this year too, that we would be cluing in a lot on Perry's opinion to help us out to keep things going uh, a bit on conditions, not to use it against them. As a person, you know, saying that he because he's the leading rider, he doesn't want want everybody to go out there. Well, that's not true. Perry wanted everything to be right for everybody to be, and just to keep it fair and to keep the conditions right. And we had a great year. We had a great year. Not a lot of breakdowns. No horses uh, going down. We just, you know, it turned out great. Yeah, we really were. We we were were blessed. Uh, well, you know, all I can say is that the, I'm blessed to be able to say that at, uh, I, I know Daryl Parker, and, and I can say, consider him a friend. Daryl, uh, how many years do you hope that you'll uh, you'll be up in that ivory tower? All the way it looks, I'm going to have to be there the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm only work. I only get to work uh, River Downs right now, and I'll be doing some substituting at Beulah Park for the overlap. And so um, I just finished uh, working. Uh, uh, Michigan for the last six years. I worked up in Michigan, and then their racing kind of fell apart. So you know, it's just you know wherever I can find a uh, find a gig to go to, to jump into, I'm there. Because for the love of the game, I hope to never really have to have to retire just because I want to just enjoy the game. Well, you know, I was a big fan of Herbie Clark's, but when I heard that uh, he wasn't returning to River Downs, I got on the phone to management right away, and I said, hey, I think Daryl Parker's out there, and, and he'd love to be back in Cincinnati. You sure did. You sure did, and you gave me that call also, and I really appreciate it. Yes, well, I, no. pre- I appreciate everything you've done for the sport. I appreciate you calling in winningponies.com, and as always, I look forward to the next time I meet you in person. Daryl Parker, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you, regular guy. And it was great, uh, great uh, being on the show. And thanks to all your fans. And tell everybody, keep racing alive. <laughs> we will, and we're going to keep racing alive here in just a little bit. Well, we're going to bring on Ed Meyer to help us uh, break down the handicapping portion of the show. That's why a lot of people are listening to get some winners. We gave a few out last week, but Ed gives out more than a share. And more than that, I want to find out a little bit about what Ed Meyer has been up to lately. So we'll be right back after this break with the one, the only, special Ed Meyer. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
This Is It Sports is an engaging talk program that includes you, the experts, and sports, all moderated by Coach Carl Hargrave. We'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world, collegiate and professional, take a look at youth-oriented sports, athletic development and sportsmanship, faith, and where it has its place in sports, along with a lively discussion with Coach Carl every week. Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Fantasy Sports is where the action really is. Over 40 million people play Fantasy Sports, but rarely do they get to quiz the experts. Fantasy Insights is the name and the game. Tune in every week as Dish Adams and his guests clue you in on the fantasy football game, what's happening on and off the field, and how it will affect your fantasy team. These experts aren't just beat writers assigned to fantasy football. They live and breathe the game. Tune in to Fantasy Insights with Dish Adams every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. All right, and just a few weeks ago, that voiceover would say, and now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And ladies and gentlemen, we've got him on the phone right now. Steady Eddie, how you doing, my friend? John, it's a pleasure to be on with you, and you're doing a terrific job. Hey, I, I had to digress for one second. They said, do you know anybody? I said, well, yeah. And then they said, I said, oh, no, I'm, I'm going to give them somebody who's about ten times better than I ever was. So who'd you give him besides me? <laughs> it's you, my friend. Obviously, I was plan B after that other guy turned it down. <laughs> Hardly. I, when they heard Engelhart was available, they jumped. Yeah, because I know i got a lot of time on my hands. But uh, <laughs> Anyhow, Ed, uh, I want to briefly, some people, everybody's coming up to me saying, how's Ed doing? What's Ed doing? And I said uh, something that you can't repeat. I said, Ed didn't land a job in the major leagues. He landed a job with the New York Yankees. You're down. I've always said that if racing was a religion, that Keeneland would be the Vatican. In fact, you're correct, my friend. Uh, I've been blessed. I've been very lucky. I've landed a job at Keeneland. With Keeneland Select, it's their, their wagering site. If you're a fan of anything out there, TVG, Twin Spires, Betfair, Keeneland has their own wagering site, free wagering, no subscription. And, John, for the first 5000 that you wager, every time you wager 5000 if it takes you a day, a month, a year, you get $50 automatically deposited. It is terrific. It is a super site. And, and I'll tell you what, 
it has been a true blessing in my life to hook up with Keeneland. Well, I'll tell you what, it's got to be kind of exciting in the couple of days you'll be going down there in the future because you've got the uh, the September sale coming up, so that place is going to be buzzing. You know, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that portion. It was something that, that I always wanted to do, and in the world of racing, we, we just never have... That, that time structure that we like, but, but in fact, having, uh, having an opportunity to work at Keeneland and to be able to pull up, I can't, I can't wait to actually kind of go behind the scenes and see these one and two and three million dollar purchases that we've read about for so many years, and, and you've been photographing forever. And I, rem- I remember I, a guy I took down there for the very first time that had been to the sales, and we ended up r- running into a Sheik Ham Dam Sandwich. <laughs> the Sheik was there. He, I believe he was actually a cribber, John, if, if, <laughs> if I, if right. I have it correct. Uh, he, he was cribbing on one of them free sandwiches they were giving out down there, I think. You know, you should have never taken me where they have actually free food, free pop, and 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 actually, I think you took more pictures of me eating than actually <laughs> of the yearlings and, and the two-year-olds. Well, listen, Ed. Uh, a, a big part of what you're going to be doing now is is you're going to go from me mocking you, calling you special, Ed, to to being player, Ed. Uh, what what kind of directions are you are you going with with player education? Player education, John. I, we we actually put our heads together for so many years, to, uh, and I don't think there's enough that can be said for player education. You need to bring people along slowly for the next generation, whether it be that Dollar Beer and Dollar Dog Night. River Downs is, is a great facility for that. They're naturally built in for the summertime, as in Turfway Park in the, in the winter. I think every opportunity that we can we can actually outreach to the new people, the new people of the game, whether, you know, just to get them in or for some cheap uh, beer and, and eats. It's a wonderful opportunity to showcase the pageantry and beauty of racing. But for the people that have been a longstanding player, we've also got some rewards for them as well. Now, will you be doing any of the seminars uh, down at Keeneland, can I ask? In fact, I'm going to be doing some Saturday seminars. I believe the first one is going to be with Donna Barton Brothers. And actually, this Saturday, I'm going to be at Turfway Park for Fan uh, Fan Appreciation Day, which Turfway puts a, a marvelous show on. And I'm going to be in a small tent area. Well, if I'm there, it's going to be a large tent area, and we're going to be doing some uh, handicapping. We're going to have a whole lot of fun. And if you're in earshot, make your way out on Saturday. Well, I think a, a big part of fan education is to try to get them to, to, to listen to Winning Ponies, and that's why I'd like to bring in uh, experts like uh, you and Riching and, and Tom Law, guys that really know this game inside and out. So we're going to throw some curves at them today. We're going to go to some different parts of the country. Uh, let's start out with uh, a race that uh, used to be one of the biggest in the country. Uh, right now it's a grade two. Going a mile and eighth in, uh, at Louisiana Downs in the Super Derby, a race that over the years has attracted some pretty big names. This year, kind of a mixed bag, as is the whole you know, three-year-old set. You know, nobody, except for, in my opinion, Stay Thirsty, uh, has really popped to the top just yet. So I think you've got a couple other uh, players that are going to try to get their name in the headlines with a win in the Super Derby. Agreed. Stay Thirsty is is something special and just coming along at the right time, just just when we needed someone really to root for and, and dig in deep as we make that run for the Breeders' Cup. And in this race, John, Louisiana Super Derby, I, I, I'm going to be a chalk-eating weasel. I like the 9-5 to five prayer for relief. Uh, Rafael Bejarano and Bob Baffer teaming up. Now, this was the winner of the West Virginia Derby as an odds-on favorite. Actually going to shoot for four in a row. 
Nice cold here by Jumpstart. I love the way Bejarano fits. Has run on Polly, went to Prairie Meadows, went to Mountaineer. I think Prayer for uh, Prayer for Relief actually looks nine to five to me. If you get anywhere near that, I'd I'd consider that actually some benefit. Well, I know you said it in the past, but you and I have handicapped together for so many years. It's almost like we're tied at the hip and kind of think the same way. Uh, I do think that the prayer for relief is probably the one to beat. I guess, I guess, if there's a question about the horse, it's it's how good good is he as far as the, the competition that 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 he's faced. You know, I mean, uh, you got to admit the Iowa Derby and the West Virginia Derby uh, aren't the Jim Dandy or the Travers, and we have horses in here that have that have run in both of those races. Uh, that could be a part of it. Um, I, I, I think Prayer for Relief is probably the one to beat. Uh, I find alternation kind of interesting. Um, he, he won the Peter Pan at a mile and an eighth, uh, which is going to be Super Derby distance. Uh, then looks like he must have got a little hitch in his get-along, but was going good enough that uh, Donnie Von Hamel brought him back in the grade two Jim Dandy against Stay Thirsty, and he ran a solid fourth in that race. You know, it might have been a case where after a layoff, he needed that race. John is a man of horse flesh, and you know how important it is for a three-year-old first off the shelf to travel a mile and an eighth. That was a deceptionally, a deceivingly exceptional race. The Jim Dandy fourth place finish with alternation. I was going to say that would be the other half of my exact of boxing, the two-up prayer for relief and alternation. Dominguez in town, three to one, and Donnie Von Himmel is nothing but a class act. No, and he his horses were very very well placed uh, up up at Saratoga. Uh, just other ones that people might want to look under the bottom. You've got essentially what was the prep for the Super Derby, which is the the prelude at a mile and a sixteenth, and you got the one two horses in there in uh, Trubs and Populist Politics. And if there's a fly in the ointment, it might be uh, Malibu Glow. I believe he was uh, purchased privately after his uh, win at Saratoga. They they tried him in the Travers, ran fifth. Uh, they're getting Mike Smith to come into Louisiana Downs to ride that horse. Kind of interesting. But I think we both agree that if you're, if you're going to key a horse on top, uh, Prayer for Relief is probably the cult to do it. I'm going to box the both, but that my $2 to win will be on uh, Mr. Bejarano for sure. All right. Well, uh, let's go to uh, Presque Isle Downs now, an interesting distance, six and a half furlongs, and as you know, an interesting surface. And that's what I'm finding out here. This is what really baffled me. I mean, uh, this race is certainly nobody's ducking it. Uh, they're going to have a full field. They've, they've got also eligibles trying to get in it. But I'm seeing a lot of horses that have uh, little to no uh, experience on synthetic tracks. and It's made the race very confusing to me. I'm dying to find out who you like. It is a synthetic oval. And a lot of people, you know, that aren't really familiar with Presque Isle or you really need to go back and take a look at the charts to see how they actually run. Of course, it is fast all the time. It's a grade two event going six and a half, John. I am so split on this. I'm going to box three in an exacta, and that'd be the one shotgun gulch at eight to one. Uh, been laid off uh, since July 16th at Hollywood Park uh, in the uh, Gleam handicap. It was a grade two event. So, so I like the one. My $2 win wager is going to be on the four musical romance. Uh, nothing but a sheer closer, John. We're going to go turf to Polly. And I absolutely, uh, I'm starting to fall in love with that. You, you've seen over the years that uh, I've had some, had some kind of uh, uh, crazy uh, 
crazy stats that I really follow, but I love the turf to the poly with musical romance. And then Miguel Mano aboard Beat the Blues for Brad Calhoun. Brad Calhoun is winning 43% up there, and that is incredible. So I'm going to go one four five with my $2 win bet on musical romance. Well, I, I did like Shotgun Gulch. Uh, I like the fact that uh, Luis Quinones is going to be back in the saddle. And that's a horse that's very familiar, uh, a horse, a rider that's very familiar uh, with this horse. And it, it has one on synthetic. Uh, been away from the races. Um, but, uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, We'll find out. I think he's got bad class. I think I think he's going to be dangerous. Uh, the, the horse uh, I think I kind of like uh, that uh, didn't make it on your ticket is uh, Jenny. So great. Uh, this horse has moved over to uh, the barn of uh, Dan Callahan, and I'm not sure what he's feeding this horse for breakfast in the morning, but uh, she is tearing up Woodbine's uh, poly track with some outstanding. Standing bullet works. Last two were, were bullet works, and uh, you know this is a horse that's uh, you know it, it's a Canadian bred, but it's raced with the best uh, of its breed up there. So uh, I'm I'm kind of liking liking Jenny's so great in there. And again, with a race where a lot of horses don't have a whole lot of synthetic uh, experience, uh, this horse 11 starts, two wins. Three seconds and three thirds. Ed, I'm going to have to throw you a little curve here. I know I already prepped you on the races that we're going to take, but the race following uh, the ninth at Presque Isle is is the end of their, uh, shall I say, sand and sod series for a lack of a better uh, statement, because this is uh, two and one eighth miles. Okay. Wow, and you get so your money's worth. Yeah, you're, you're looking at a marathon, but the, a, a horse that's in here that brings back great memories to me is when we were in a hiatus for a track announcer at River Downs and you were gutsy enough to go up there and take over the mic. And there was one race that stands out, a horse that came down the lane and you got into this horse so much. Shake your groove thing, shake your (laughs) groove thing. Uh Uh-huh. You know, everyone, I like to say I have one dark spot in my past, but I'd be fibbing. That's just one of the, one of the so many. You actually called upstairs and, and headed me up to that, and I did my daggondest. John, was there ever a race where you saw a horse? I think he was actually hearing me sing, and, and I think he got spooked, and, and he got him up by a, a long, dirty nose at the wire. Well, anyhow, he's uh, he's trained by a guy that I believe about a year ago you had on Winning Ponies, Jeff Greenhill. And listen to this, Ed. Shake your groove things. Last race at two miles set the new track record at Presque Isle. Jeff Greenhill is a class act for so many years. I always wanted to uh, steal that hat you always uh, had over on your desk of the, the Greenhill stables, but I was afraid you would know that it was me when I was wearing it. But uh, I, I've always thought he is a class act, and Shake Your Grow thing is, uh, is, is held together, has held together really nicely over the years, John. So, yeah, I guess so. Uh, setting track records at this point, and Jeff's really been tearing him up. He had another winner just the other night. Well, uh, here's what we're going to do, Steady Eddie. We're going to take a little bit of a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to visit the babies up in Chicago and the Arlington-Washington Lassie and the Arlington-Washington Futurity, two races where anything can happen. I'm with handicapper Ed Meyer. You're listening to winningponies.com. Oh. Give me more! 
Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Now I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't messing with no broke niggas. Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. And they're off! What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form, the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let winningponies.com make some money for you. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter, formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, noon Eastern Time. Get ready for unpredictable fun and sometimes a sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right field. That goes O'Neal. He's at the shot. Got it with 2.8 seconds left to left. I don't care where they put him. This one is out of here. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. And Ed Meyer, that's right, uh, back with us. And Ed, uh, while we were off air, uh, you reminded me of something I probably should have brought up about 20 minutes ago. Deshaun Parker once again leads the country in wins. Yes, John, as of yesterday, 276 wins, winning about a 24% clip, and he's 31 over Ramon Dominguez. That is incredible. This guy is class personified. Well, I, I do remember you, you had the chance to interview him uh, last year. It just goes to show our age difference. You interview him, I interview his father. <laughs> <laughs> but, but actually, John, I believe it was, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, the game where everything comes back to Kevin Bacon. Everything comes back to John Englehart because actually you got me connected with his father than his agent. And before I know it, I was chatting with Deshaun Parker. Well, they're all good people. His agent, yes. Billy Johnson, also has the second leading rider uh, up at Mountaineer, so he's not having a bad year at all, that much I can tell you. Well, let's let's move on here. You know, this time of year, the, the two of us were always playing baby races, and uh, we're going to start off uh, going to Arlington Park. It's a grade three, the Arlington Washington Lassie, $100,000 up for grabs, and this uh could be your proverbial can of worms, Ed. I'm interested in uh, listening to your insights. I love the one-turn mile. I think it's such a rider's race. I like the four struck at Lucky, 9-2, to Junior Alvarado in the Irons. He's winning 23% for Tom Proctor. I'm finding Mr. Proctor to be that hidden gem out there. 
that you can find a whole lot of value. I don't think I, you talk about Master of the Obvious. He's only winning 19% on the year. But this filly struck it lucky, wins by two and a quarter lengths over the Arlington Strip. John, one for one, was heavily backed. But I went back and took a look, waited at the quarter pole, and I mean under a stranglehold, and then just cruised in hand late, struck it lucky, nine to two. If you get anywhere near that, the only thing I'm going to box is uh, with struck it lucky on the bottom is Anne of the Dance, four to one. Uh, trainer James uh, DeVito uh, brings this two-year-old filly by English Channel, John, uh, you know, to the uh, to the post and two in a row. It's kind of hard to really take a you know a filly that's done nothing wrong, and she beat the boys last time out. So I'm going yeah, to take struck it lucky. Proctor, and by the way, you mentioned him. I noticed he did fairly well out of Del Delmar. He had nine winners out of Delmar. Yes, uh, and, and Mr. DeVito is winning 32%, and also you, is one of your favorite angles, horse for the course, two starts with two wins, John. I know, and what's amazing to me is, you know, uh, two-year-olds don't often overcome trouble very easily. It's easy for them to quit when they're uh, getting hit in the face with the mud. This is a horse that broke from the one hole last time out, was shuffled back 13 links, Ed, and she ended up winning by six and a half. Uh, you know, and in her first race, which she won at the half mile pole, she was 10 lengths back. Uh, this, is, I think, is going to be a filly with a future, and certainly I don't think the one mile distance is going to be a problem. She's already won a mile and a 16th. It was an optional claiming, but I think we all know that was basically a prep race uh, for the Arlington Washington Lassie. Uh, two other horses in here that are, that are catching my eye uh, is always here, too. Uh, a horse uh, who debuted at, at Churchill and then came back at Ellis and ran a 76 buyer, trained by Tom Amos, who's batting 31% on the year. The question is, how will this horse like the Arlington Park surface? Uh, Amos got it up there for a workout last week and did very well, was uh, third best at 30 at the distance, five furlongs in just about a minute flat. So I think always here, too, is going to be dangerous in the course. As you've seen for many years, a guy that's very dangerous with two-year-olds is Kenny McPeak. And, uh, you know, there's there's only uh, one horse in this race that's won at a mile distance, and that was Dream Pegasus, uh, this Fuziashi Pegasus that McPeak trains. So those, those are two that I think are going to be very dangerous, along with Anna the Dance. Both are great points. Your Dream Pegasus wins by seven in a maiden break. Fusiachi Pegasus, a wonderful sire. Teal Philly here, Johnny, did not disappoint. Heavily backed at the windows. Actually, if anyone can bring him to the uh, the winner's circle as a baby, Kenny McPee can, and, and I believe he had one heck of a Keeneland meet last year. Well, we ended up naming four horses, but that only makes sense in a very talented uh, field of uh, two-year-old fillies. So uh, if you're going to bet them, got to box them. If you don't got enough money, I'll split it with you. That's fair. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to find you. All right. Well, listen, let's go to the boys' end of the Futurity. Again, we'll be going a mile, the Arlington-Washington Futurity. It's a grade three. And once again, nobody ducking anybody in here. Uh, we've got uh, a field full of two-year-olds, which tells you pretty much anything can happen. Who rises to the top for you? I like the nine, Take Charge Indy, seven to two. James Bobblehead Graham for Patrick Byrne. He kind of took a little hiatus for a while, came back, and he picked up right where he left off, John. Actually backed at the windows a little bit, a little better than 3-1. to one. An impressive winner by 6.5, 1-for-1 at Arlington, 2-year-old Colt by APND. 
I love Take Charge Indian here. Went back and took a look. Take a look at that last race workout. One mile, 142 and three. I'm going to take a piece of Take Charge Indy this week. Well, you know, we were just uh, talking about uh, Kenny McPeak. You may recall Kenny McPeak trained the dam in this horse, Take Charge Lady, who mm-hmm. I believe was a multiple graded stakes winner. Yes. You're, you're, <laughs> it's going to be hard to get past you uh, with, on Jeopardy with horses. I will have to say that they will have to <laughs> pass you. about the only category. column I'd win. <laughs> English literature. <laughs> <laughs> you can pass on that but, one. Uh, yeah, I, I've got marks on <clears throat> three horses in here. Uh, I got a, my star is by uh, Take Charge Indy and by a horse by the name of Ville. Uh, Ville, you know, it's one of those things. It's, it's, a, it's a hometown horse. Uh, this horse ran second to Take Charge Indy in, in its maiden race and then came back and won its next race uh, out uh, and scored a 73 buyer in, in that race. Again, Take Charge Indy. An 84 buyer, if that's just what you're looking at. But this uh, this horse was favored last two times. It's got one of my favorite uh, jacks that uh, came from the Ohio Circuit. Who uh, Felix is in the saddle, and he's having a pretty good meet up there. He's he's already had uh, 43 winners. I'm happy to see uh, Julio uh, doing well. And then uh, two interesting horses coming out of the juvenile at uh, Canterbury in uh, Squid and Hoagie. But they're two-year-olds, and anything can happen. Well, they both sound like something neat to me. Squid, I, I, I think that's calamari, and uh, it, it, help me if I'm uh, wrong. And I've seen you do more than one hoagie. <laughs> so, you know, I can't go that's wrong on uh, maybe a three-horse box there, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but it'll, it'll be any, because this, uh, this Take Charge Indy could be any kind. I mean, uh, a daughter of AP Indy out of Take Charge Lady. This could really be uh, a cult with a future. It'll be interesting. But, you know, we, we saw so many good horses uh, pop up out of the, the, the two-year-old ranks this week. Uh, you know, we had uh, Full of Grace in the Spinaway, uh, Currency Swap in the Three Chimneys. Uh, it, it's going to be a very, very interesting Breeders' Cup. And then, uh, well, we've got uh, – I've only got you for about another minute here. What did you think about Harv de Grasse's performance up at Saratoga in the Woodard? Incredible. The way she dug in and, and beat the uh, beat the boys. Uh, it, it was an incredible race. Racing actually needed someone to root for. Zenyatta came along. Rachel came along. I'm not about ready to compare her in that that group yet, but it's you know tempting. what? We sure needed someone to cheer for. Yeah, and I think it would be great for the game. Now, uh, whether or not she's going to go against the boys in the Breeders' Cup, I don't know, but she certainly thumped them in the water, and that wasn't a bad <laughs> field. In fact, I, I think I'd have my $2 on the Breeders' Cup honor. All right. Well, the Breeders' Cup, I know, is not far from your house or mine. I hope that our paths cross soon, Ed. Uh, if nothing else, I know I'll see you down at Keeneland. Ed Meyer, thanks so much for, for being on winningponies.com, and I look forward to when I shake your hand next time I see you in person. Can't wait to see you soon, John. And don't forget, take a look at Keeneland Select. Have a great night, and thank you. All right, take care. Ladies and gentlemen, from atop the grandstand overlooking the Ohio River to the hills of Kentucky for Winning Ponies, I'm John Engelhart. Join us each and every week. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Engelhart. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific 
on the Voice America Sports Network. 